Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Life Series, Part 2, by Tattooed Laura on AO3. Rating, General Audiences. Chapter 21, Bert and Ernie. Scully and Skinner disappeared after dessert, back into the nightmarish remains of building and worker. Two days later, she finally trudged home for good, her allotment of victims taken care of, investigated, tagged, identified, and tucked away for near-future funerals, which she blocked from her mind, already near collapse at the weight of responsibility towards them. She'd been the last to see their original state, macabre and extremists, with each name burned permanently into her soul. If she didn't hug someone soon, there was a very good chance she'd turn atheist and curl up under the covers forever. Pulling up to the house, she found the yard full of family, travelers returned, children ecstatic. Glad she hadn't missed anything, she joined in, quietly ignoring the one question Charlie asked about how she was. He took the hint and hugged her tight. I'm sorry for everything. She skirted over this as well immediately asking how the trip was and if he saw any icebergs. They stayed another hour or so, a darkly toned, jovial atmosphere hovering over the group. The adults listened carefully to the littles' descriptions, hearing fear but not terror, Mulder telling the parents to call him if they stopped eating or got too quiet, or anything out of the ordinary started. The goodbyes when they finally departed were tearful for everyone, Mulder included, who had to take a good, long, deep breath once everyone packed themselves in cars and vans. Dave returned, hand out for a final shake, then, hands in pockets, looked at Mulder, square in the eye. You kept my kids safe, and I owe you the world for that. Dana told me you feel guilty because you took them in the first place, but know that none of us, I promise you, blame you in the least. You were in the wrong place at the wrong time, but you got them home. Scully reached for Mulder's hand as David turned to go, yelling over his shoulder they'd be back for Sunday dinner the next day. Bringing her cool fingers to his lips, he whispered to her as the vehicles drove away, I'm going to miss them. We'll see them tomorrow. Shaking his head against her knuckles, not the same. Wrapping her other hand around their joined ones, she brought them all to her level, hugging them to her chest. I know. Mulder twirled her lightly around, capturing rotating Scully in stationary arms, enveloping her in comfort she'd craved for the last week. Once he touched her long enough, he pulled back, keeping her in the circle of his arms, asking quietly, Have they found out anything? He immediately felt at least 675 of her muscles tighten and tense, a sign he really should have kept his damn mouth shut, but without anger she answered him softly. Can you ask again tomorrow? How about I just let you tell me when you're ready? Forehead dropping to his chest, he felt her nod, and it was enough. Maggie, per Mulder's request and her agreeable compliance, rolled herself down to Betty's house soon after the group reduced to three. Scully looked at her mother. Um, where are you going? Saturday night card party at Betty's, then an adult sleepover. We haven't done a Thursday one in a few weeks, and we were all feeling the need for some gossip and punch. Wondering at the collusion between Mulder and Mother, 
and we're not invited because? Mulder fielded this one. Because I wanted a night for us. Don't question me and my tactics, woman. Your mother is finally out of our hair for an evening, and I'm taking advantage of it. Winking at Maggie. I adore you, Maggie. But go away. Maggie laughed. Yes, Fox. They watched her go before Scully turned to her partner. I wish you'd ask me, though. I really just want to sleep for the next two days, after the longest bath in existence. Slight smile in her direction, easy demeanor telling her volumes. I don't have any plans for tonight. I just wanted to get everybody out, to give you some peace. We can sleep, or eat, or swing in the hammock, or make popcorn and watch terrible movies, or... Oh, you have no idea what the kids and I have been doing the last two days. Pulling Scully into the house... He left her standing there while he retrieved a photo album, then presented it to her. We developed all the pictures from our vacation, and we organized them, and magicked them, and used pens to write down where we were, and when we were, and how much Vicodin I'd had that day. It was a treat for all parties concerned. Not sure how that would couple with crying her eyes out, she took the book, then tucked it under her arm. Come upstairs with me. And once I finish my bath, we'll see if I have strength to turn the pages. Truly understanding her, he put his hand on her hip, and she led them upstairs, deep bathtub waiting. Just a suggestion, no rush. Although I have to warn you, there's an entire section dedicated to candids of you drooling on things. I changed a wee when Mulder went in to give her some clean towels and found her staring at the bathtub, full and steamy, completely clothed, eyes glassy. Shutting the door behind him, he reached for her shoulder, tugging lightly on the hem of her shirt. Need some company? Voice tired and cranky, her yes please, came out low, prompting Mulder to gently pull her shirt over her head, remove her bra and drop her pants, concern outweighing desire. Shedding his own items quickly, he held her hand as she sunk into the water, then climbed in across from her, water dangerously close to overflowing. Reaching behind him, he reduced the water level to safe amounts. Then, in silence, washed her head to toe, gentle glides and soapy slides, never pushing, never stepping over bounds, set by exhaustion and circumstance. Finishing her, he did his own quick cleanup. Then, rinsing both one handful of water at a time, he wrapped warm palm around wet knee. Ready for bed? He expected her eyes to be half shut, muscles like butter, but instead he saw anxiety still floating, tightness still pulling. I don't know. Pulling the plug, he stood, palming water from himself, then helped her stand, doing the same to her. How about we go find pajamas, then I'll make you dinner, and we'll go from there. No plans past mac and cheese. This much she could handle, and sooner than later... She was ensconced in threadbare, cut-off sweats and a yellow Burton Ernie shirt, Mulder having had the privilege of helping her dress, one effortless piece of cotton at a time. Once dressed, she looked to him. Life behind her eyes, at least a glimmer of it. What was that about mac and cheese? They ate on the bed, side by side, twin mattress forcing them close, which in both's opinion was perfectly fine. There wasn't much talking. Chewing taking precedence before Scully accidentally slipped into a life-returning coma with a mouthful of noodles, 
Clearing the dishes, Moldery turned upstairs to find her curled on her side of the bed, if you could call a foot and a half her side, staring at the door, waiting for him. He loved that. Turning off the light, drawing the curtains against the late evening setting sun, he carefully slid in beside her, covers at their feet, sharing the space of two pillows, squished to one and a half. It's too quiet. Missing the littles? More than I imagined I would. Shutting her eyes, she drifted her hand to his cheek, back against jawline, fingers lightly splayed across his ear. I think we should steal them for a weekend, take them to the beach. Really? Sure. We know a great little spot with a small but perfect little cottage. And he smiled to himself as they both drifted off. Chapter 22 Midnight Confessions Mulder stood, fumbled, stumbled, dragged himself from the bed. Scully's arm trapped up inside his shirt for a few moments, until she woke enough to grab a fistful of cotton to slow him down. Mulder, where are you going? She could see his eyes still shut, hands groping for traction, finding her shoulder instead. Toby, I thought I heard him fall out of bed again. Blinking towards the alarm clock, Mulder. He stopped, blood circulating enough to help him remember. They're not here, are they? No. Come back to bed. He swayed another second or two, then crawled his way back to their pillow, having lost the second pillow to the floor sometime earlier. Slinging his arm over her hip, settling hand on bare belly beneath a non-judgmental Ernie smile. I miss them. Her hand ran up and down his forearm. I know. I do too. Lips searching, finding, kissing her raised scar, his warm breath drifted through neckline flyaways. Can I tell you something? She loved his 1 a.m. conjectures, his 4 a.m. secrets, his 2.45 a.m. rants, and his 10.48 p.m. cravings. But most of all, she worshipped his soft, luscious, midnight-smooth confessions. Sweeter than honey to the ear, sleeker than velvet to the touch. Of course. Tightening his grip on her waist, truth dropped from his lips to shatter her soul. I would like to have a baby with you. I would love to see her running in that pack of hoodlums you call nieces and nephews. I want her to do her best to keep up with Jake and be best friends with Toby and constantly ask Sam questions and build sandcastles on the beach with Betsy and call Maggie Grandma, and looks so much like you that I stop and stare every time I see her, wondering how in the world I could ever hope to produce someone with even an ounce of your beauty. Midnight smooth confessions triggered 1205 wonderment as she questioned over her shoulder, afraid that looking at him would break her glass shield into 10,000 pieces, stumbling words holding staggering weight. You, you want... You want to have a baby with me? Mulder, I... You know that I... Finally turning to her back, not meeting his gaze, but speaking to the ceiling. I can't. He hadn't known he'd been churning the idea until he produced the finished product, clean, complete, and ready for contemplation, his mouth beside her ear, studying each eyelash in turn as he told her quietly. I know, but can you imagine it? 
Her eyelashes twitched, closing, scrunching, finally releasing the smallest of tears to remain unfallen on her lashes. Every day. Can we imagine it for a little while right now? Would that be okay? Keeping her role dark, she nodded, her voice quiet. Girl? I like the idea of a girl. A whirlwind flurry of questions and comments and concerns, open to answers and always wondering what else was out there. She'd have dark red hair, but skin that tans in the summer, green eyes and those beautiful ears of yours. Definitely some of your height, though. At least get her to five six. Give her a fighting chance at clothing stores and with tall cupboards. He nearly snorted his amusement in her ear, but was too far enmeshed in the fantasy to surface for anything. I'll do my best. If the first one looks like they're going to be short, we'll just keep trying until we get one that can look me in the eye. I can do that. Finally able to open her eyes back up, take in his close proximity and earnest expressions without blubbering outright. I want her to be able to draw or play an instrument or just have one good thing she can go back to when her world turns on itself and she feels all alone in it. Hand on her cheek now, thumb lazily running lines from cheekbone to ear. I'll start a piano lesson fun tomorrow and buy lots of crowns and paper and buy lots of crowns and paper. She could see that world, almost touch it, craving the warmth of a child inside her. I'd be all enormous. I need you to tie my shoes. His hand drifted from her face, down chest, up and under shirt, until his hand spanned her lower abdomen, stretching wide, finding both hip bone and pressing lightly in between. They would live right here. You'd be someone's home, Scully. You'd be their first home, their safest place, their comfort, their world. They'd only know you, know your heartbeat, know your stomach gurgles. They'd hear you all the time, your blood in their veins, your voice in their ears. They'd know you from their first moment to their last. I've never thought about it, but they will know you their entire life. You will be their first and greatest. He had her at somebody's home, and tears filled, then ran, overflowing her ears and soaking the pillow below. I changed my mind. I can't play make-believe with you right now. I'm sorry. His hand tightened on her, his voice filling her. I'm the one who's sorry. I shouldn't have pushed you. She shook her head. You're not pushing me. I just... I've had that dream for so long, I had to let it go. Self-flagellation is one thing. Outright soul destruction is quite another. Smushing his nose into her temple, he skimmed kisses over her skin. I love us just like we are. Big maps and scary guns and Smurf t-shirts all rolled into one. I don't care that we'll never have kids, I swear. I just went stupid for a minute and buried you in my fantasy. I should have kept it to myself. Finally, she turned. Nose bumping nose, a quick kiss before drifting her hand up to cradle his face. I have the same dream, I promise you. My heart just can't take it right now, not after the last week. Besides, do you really see either of us toting big guns and diaper bags? We'd quit. You'd quit. I'd quit. I'd teach somewhere. You'd slice somewhere. 
We'd come home and help with homework and make Play-Doh and cookies. Having to shut down right then or fly to pieces, she moved her head in order to reach his mouth, kissing him lightly, then more insistent. I need to stop thinking. Can you help me with that? Mulder put his dreams back behind their door in the far corner of his mind and roaming a hand under her side, under the loose fabric of her shorts. Roll on your back for me again, please. As she complied, she held his gaze. Still love me even though I'm crazy? And he smiled, fingers finding their mark, with warm, flowing ease. Couldn't love you more if I tried. Now shut up and kiss me, like it's 1939. Chapter 23. The Moon. Frustration worn. Growling in the darkness, heart racing, mind flying, she banged the mattress with balled up fists. Stop. I'm sorry. Can you stop? Mulder, having felt her getting nowhere fast and the tension building up accordingly, slowed, then stopped his fingers, burying his lips above her ear, whispering through a kiss. Can't stop thinking, can you? Wiggling her hips slightly, she waited for him to remove his hand before she dropped her forearm across her eyes, not daring to look at her partner in that moment, choosing dark embarrassment over honest concern. Mulder, however, wasn't having any of it, reaching up to gently pull her arm away. Hey, it's okay. Groaning now, she hauled herself up, sitting on the edge of the bed, feet resting on bed frame, elbows on knees, head in hand. Really? Because it feels fairly annoying to me. 1 a.m. had its good moments, and 1 a.m. had its bad moments. I'm just telling you what I think, and I think that maybe you went looking to forget a little too fast. Are you honestly trying to psychoanalyze me in the middle of the night? Nope. He stood up and then took her hand, a little rougher than usual, but feeling it necessary to get her to move. Come on. What? Where are we going? To find you some chocolate ice cream and me a can of root beer. I'm making floats and you can't stop me. Resisting as well as she could, she lost when he practically pulled her from the bed, bare feet providing the traction she couldn't get on soft sheets a moment earlier. Stumbling slightly, she gave in by the time they reached the top of the stairs, asking him quietly to slow down. I don't want to fall on the steps. He put the brakes on. Sorry, as he carefully stepped down. Forgot it was dark. Once in the kitchen, however, he set her in a stool at the island and leaning across it. Sexual frustration is easier when both parties get to deal with it. I'm going to make you a root beer float. Then we are going to take a deep breath while I discuss something with you. At that moment, she was teetering on the edge. One direction was complete and total annoyance with her partner. Ready to yell and chase him out of the house annoyance while the other side of the line held compliance, slight self-deprecating humor, and ice cream blended with I adore you perfection. She chose the ice cream side. Propping her chin in her hands, she finally took a deep breath. Will you at least wash your hands first? He liked when she chose the ice cream side. With a small smile, he nodded. Probably not a bad idea considering where these hands have been in the last hour. Spontaneous smiles were good. Just be quiet and make me dessert, would you? 
Soon he had settled beside her, spooning ice cream concoction from glass to mouth. So, are you ready for our discussion? He made the world better, in every sense. I think so. Just, don't be too honest with me. It's too late or too early for that. How about I just do the right amount of honesty? Once she involuntarily crooked an eyebrow for a second, he continued. You need to listen, though. Absorb. Remember. Understand. (sighs) Yes, for the love of God. Now will you just tell me? Twisting her chin to meet his gaze. I am happy. I am happy with you. I am happy that sometime in the next 20 years, we may get married. I am happy that sometime in the next 20 years, we may have a dog, or a cat, or even a set of hermit crabs. I am happy that's me and you. I am happy just the way we are. I would be happy if we spend a bunch of money on trying to have a baby. I am happy if we don't spend a bunch of money on trying to have a baby. I am happy if we buy a house. I am happy if we only ever buy a mattress big enough for two. I am happy if we get fat from eating ice cream and collect pictures of Bigfoot and things by Van Gogh. Seeing her hanging on his words, he went in for the kill. I am happy with you. Enjoying her absorbing look, he continued. I have only ever wanted you. Everything and anything else is proverbial icing on the cake. I never should have ventured into territory like that when I knew you were exhausted, and I was an idiot as well for not realizing that when you ask for a way to forget, you are really asking for what I just told you. You have me analyzed down to the atom, don't you? Nope. Would never even attempt. You're too complicated and beautiful and confusing and catastrophically brilliant for that, but I will hover around the edges and try to remember when you need a root beer float in a cuddle versus when you need reality-altering sex. She truly wanted to be annoyed by this whole snowball of events, but when she stopped, she discovered he was so damn close to the truth, it hurt. Three spoonfuls of silence passed between them before she gave him a hint of a smile. This float needs red M&Ms. With an aha finger in the air, he turned, rummaged in a dish, then sent a red M&M sailing on the granite towards her. Will this do? Eyes widening in delight. Where did you get that? And how did you get it so quick? Thumbing over his shoulder. The kids and I made M&M brownies a few days back, and we ate them all, so you didn't get any. Not sorry, by the way, because they were phenomenal. But I had Betsy and Toby sort the red ones out for me. Then they just went and did all the colors, for fun. Did you sort them out for us? Of course. We both need a red M&M every once in a while, and might as well have them at the ready. Getting up, she beckoned him to her height with a crooked finger and a smile. You are an odd duck, Agent Mulder. Do you like odd ducks? I happen to love odd ducks. Finally meeting his mouth, she tasted ice cream and sugar. And I think I'd like to take a leisurely trip out to the hammocks. Maybe remove some of these clothes in the process. Trying to forget again? Honest blue meeting questioning green. Just trying to have some sex in a hammock. That sounds like the title of a biography. Finishing her last spoonful of ice cream. Just get outside, would you? Or I'll have to do it myself. Grin spreading. Think it'll work? Never hurts to try. Oh my god. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Scully whispered this as loud as she thought appropriate, given neighbor proximity and listening crickets. She had her hand over Mulder's hand, which was holding his left jaw at the exact spot where she just kicked him hard with her bare foot. Conventional sex in a hammock was deemed impossible. Scully's body folded at a weird angle, Mulder's body not containing the proper youth-enhanced muscles of years past to make a good old-fashioned mission position work. Instead, Scully directed Mulder to lay down, veeing his body and bringing the necessary parts close enough to the deck, sagging the material to the exact height of Scully's necessary parts. She carefully swung her leg over both hammock and waiting body, hands firmly on chest as she positioned, repositioned, and finally sunk down on him, both more than ready for the sex to ensue. Mid-rise, mid-move, mid-lean, and all hell broke loose. Mulder forgot to hold still. Scully forgot to move only up and down. Both forgot they were on a narrow piece of material that, when more than a quarter off center, would flip and twist wildly, depositing whoever is doing whatever onto the ground. Scully tried to save them, putting one foot down harder than the other. Valiant effort, all for naught. As the whole hammock kept going, Mulder's weighed a pendulum swing of naked motion. She thought enough to lift off him as to not break his parts, but in doing so, brought her leg forward and smashed directly into Mulder's jaw. Neither would ever have assumed her legs were long enough to reach his face, but reach they did, and well, there was now a declothed Mulder lying on the deck, on his side, cross-pipe digging into his back while Scully crouched beside him, equally sans pajamas, doing her best not to giggle in mortification. Are you okay? Not real happy in that second. What do you think? Her giggling was winning, her face turning red, her shoulders beginning to shake. I think we should have stuck to the kitchen. Mulder scooted over to clear the pipe. Get over here, Scully. Really? Yes, really. Get over here because from down here, there is this streak of moonlight going across your left nipple, and it's working for me, and I can't fall down any further than this. So come here, please, and let's finish what this fucking hammock isn't letting us. Knees be damned, she grinned, and climbed back on, bare ass facing the neighbor's side door. I like how moonlight does it for you. Tell me something about the moon. It isn't round. It's shaped like an egg. Hands on thighs, he ignored the throbbing in his jaw. Another? Eyes closed, head drifting back. The moon has no twilight because it has no atmosphere. Day to night happens instantly. Moving quickly towards the inevitable, he bit his lip. Thumbs finding purchase on jutting hip bones as she sped her rise and fall substantially. I love you in twilight. Tightening muscles brought her to the edge. I love you anywhere, anytime. I'd take you to the moon if I could. Coming around him, with him, she leaned over, finally able to reach his lips without falling, kissing him hard. I'm perfect right here. Chapter 24. Bright Sunshine. Betty got an eyeful the next morning, having helped Maggie roll down the street towards home. Getting her in the house, she went in search of the intrepid duo to let them know Maggie was back. Looking through the back door, She expected to find the pair eating at the patio or maybe Mulder mowing the lawn. Instead, she found them fast asleep. Having returned to the hammock, bare limbs tangled, Scully's naked hips receding comfortably 
on top of Mulder, his hands splayed across her back, cheekbone to chest, hair draped across collarbone. Satisfied smile on Mulder's face, arm hanging off the edge, not a stitch of covering in sight. Surely I'd discreetly wake them up, given Scully's backside would be sunburned in the very near future if she left them like this. Wondering just how to carry out such a delicate procedure, she first went back in the house, shushing Maggie. So they're out back in the hammock, and for lack of propriety, they are. She really should be more embarrassed by this. Well, naked. Do you have a towel or a blanket I can put over them? Because from where I stood, it looks like your daughter is going to have a very uncomfortable sunburn very quickly. Maggie, not sure whether to laugh or be mortified, pointed towards the linen closet in the hall. There are some spare beach towels in there, if you wouldn't mind. Betty's amusement growing. Back in a minute. Would you like to come out and watch them wake up the minute the towel hits them? She was a terrible mother. Actually, yes, I kind of would. Helping Maggie to the door, Betty then went back out, stealing across the wood, prepping and finally releasing the towel across the bodies. Scully didn't even move. Mulder managed to lift his head, then, taking in towel, friend, and future relative, squinting in the bright sun, looking at the pair of older women. Morning. That was very anticlimactic, Betty gave him a smile. But I guess it would have been worse if you'd both fallen out of the hammock. Mulder grinned. That happened earlier. Not fun. Well, at first, anyways. Betty shook her head. Maggie shook her head, then. Whenever you two wake up, come inside. I'm going to make some sandwiches. Of course, this penetrated Scully's unconscious brain, and lifting herself from Mulder, she looked at him through a veil of hair. Sandwiches? Chuckling, he pulled the towel closer around her. Your stomach is my favorite part of you right now. Come on, Maggie is making lunch. Maggie? Mom? You mean my mom is here? Taking in her surroundings with the speed that made her hair spin, she spied her mother. Oh, God. Really? Yes, dear. Really. Kill me now, please. Swiftly if possible, but dead, buried, and gone. Betty loved the Scully household. Let me get you another towel. Lunch really should have been more awkward for him, but once Mulder had pajama pants back on, he couldn't keep the grin off his face, given the amount of red Scully remained throughout the meal. Betty had happily disappeared to the yarn store, leaving them absolutely no buffer, which Mulder found highly amusing. Scully incredibly terrible. Once plates were cleaned and iced tea drank, she finally cracked. Yes, we had sex on the back porch last night. Yes, you found us naked and asleep in the hammock. Yes, I am sitting at the kitchen table eating roast beef and provolone sandwiches with my future husband and my mother who saw my bare ass in the sun. Yes, it was embarrassing. But can we just move on? Mulder put his head on the table, shoulders shaking in laughter. Cut right to that chase, Scully. Maggie just looked at her daughter. Future husband? Scully simply leaned on Mulder's vibrating shoulder. Yeah, I was thinking that I'm going to marry Mulder one of these days. Might be a few years from now, but still, eventually, I'm going to marry him. Reaching over to Pat Mulder's arm. Welcome to the family, Fox. Thanks, Mom. With a shining smile at her daughter, we should probably start cooking for dinner tonight. 
We have a full house, plus Walter. That's it? That's your reaction to me telling you I'm getting married? Dear, I've been waiting for this for years and expecting it for months. It's not as much of a surprise as you might think. Scully sat back in her chair, faux grumpy look on her face. Can nothing surprise you anymore? Well, I was a little shocked to find you on the back porch this morning, but even that, not really that earth-shaking. Mulder outright goffed, booming laugh echoing across the kitchen as Scully finally grinned. We'll keep trying, how's that? Fair enough, and good luck. Now, I was thinking pasta salads, some type of meat, jello, and light desserts. What do you think? If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>